0: So for those of you who have been here for a little bit, uh, we've been in a sermon series called Why Faith? Why Faith? What's the motivation? And we've been talking about uh, agape, how important that is, um, and stuff like that. And today I want to talk about prayer, because prayer is one of the big reasons why people go for faith. Right? A lot of people, when they get in trouble, when they need something desperately, that's when we turn to God, right? There's a famous quote there is no atheist in a foxhole. You heard that quote? So when you're in trouble, that's when people turn to God. But prayer is also one of the big reasons why people lose faith. I've noticed that over the years because of disappointments with prayer. How many of us have had experiences where we desperately prayed for something only to be disappointed, never granted, and you just don't know why? Yeah, I see a lot of nods. And that can be really devastating. A famous Christian, C.S. Lewis, said, I pray not to change God, but to change me. He was praying for healing of his wife, which never happened. And he was devastated, and he ended up saying this. And he's a very smart guy, and it's a very witty and wise saying. But what is he saying there? He's saying prayer is not going to change circumstance. Can't change God's mind. I pray to change my mind and who I am maybe to accept the difficult circumstances. And it's a very wise saying but it's not a great motivator for many of us, is it? What we want is miracles. What we want is change in circumstances. And to be told that well, the best that can happen is, well, maybe you'll become a better person. And that can be very disappointing to hear for many people. Wouldn't you agree? So why pray? What's in it for us? How does prayer work? That's the topic today. Sounds good? So my answer today is twofold, and I will... Just tell you what they are, and then try to elaborate on those. The first point I want to make is that prayer cultivates thoughtful, kind, agape-centered soul. Like C.S. Lewis said, prayer can change us, and that's not to be underestimated, even though at first glance that may not be enough of a motivator, but there's something powerful in that. We've been talking about agape for the last few weeks. If you haven't listened to it, please take a listen. We are on YouTube and also our website. The Bible tells us agape is everything in faith, unconditional love. The only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through agape. And since God is agape, connecting with God will help us grow in agape-centered soul. And that can lead to more resilient, more satisfying, uh, a better life for all of us. And that's a nice payoff. Because one-time miracles are great, but I don't know if you noticed, troubles in life are like waves in our ocean. <laughs> you know, when you're facing a major trouble, that's all you can see. But once one passes you by, another one (laughs) comes right after. (laughs) Have you noticed that? It's like solving one problem isn't like, oh, it's all good after. Happily ever after isn't really, uh, doesn't really work, does it? So I think even more important than getting through one trouble is the ability to get through many, 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 many troubles in life. And that then goes to our soul and our ability to handle the troubles, our resilience, our capabilities to handle life. And so if there's something that can help us grow in those abilities, that's not to be taken lightly. In particular, prayer can help and empower our ability to envision a better future and therefore increase our likelihood of achieving such better future. Let me elaborate on these points. Why I think prayer leads to benefits like these from my own experience and from the Bible as well. First, I want us to get a better understanding of what prayer is and how it works because the usual assumptions about it are lacking, I believe. The usual assumptions or prayer is usually conceived as God is up there and God can do anything. And we're down here and we beg and beg and beg and beg. And we're trying to cajole and fast and be really righteous and, you know, pray all night and listen to some prayer gurus about how best to pray, all in an effort to try to get God to move in some way, try to move God, change God's mind to make a miracle happen for us. And I used to think this way too. This is a very common view of prayer. But this view is why people get disappointed when it doesn't happen. Because if God is up there and controlling everything and then prayer doesn't work, what happened? You know, does God not care? Is God sleeping? (laughs) Did I not pray enough? Am I not good enough to deserve God's miracle? I didn't believe the right things, didn't pray enough. These questions haunt many, many Christians, right? Have you ever been haunted by questions? Yeah, right? But we must remember God is agape, unconditional love. Christian faith is not about what we deserve and don't deserve, whether we do it right or wrong. Just think of Parable of the Prodigal Son. That jerk does everything wrong, right? Very, very bad man, and he gets everything God has. Christian faith is centered on grace. It is undeserved what God has for us. So it's not about whether we prayed right, whether we deserve God's miracles or not. So over time, I began to shift my view of prayer more towards what Jesus taught when he said, God is the vine and we are the branches. Reflect on this image for a moment. Vine, the roots. And the branches that comes out of those vines. God is not up there in this image, is it? God is not removed and far from us. God is right there with us. We are connected to God. In fact, it's not clear where the vine ends and the branches begin. We are in God. As the Bible tells us, we live and move and have our being in God. God is all around us, connected to us, like the vine, pushing up the nutrients, enabling the branches to bear fruit. And as Jesus taught in this image, fruit is the reality that takes shape from our choices, as Jesus taught that that branches are the ones that bear fruit. And fruit is the reality that happens. So we can think of reality as taking shape, as work of partnership between the vine and the branches, God and us. Even though God is the roots and enabling everything, it's not the vine that bears fruit. It's the branches that bear fruit in Jesus' teaching. So it's up to us to manifest what will be the actual reality from each choice that we make. Like when you decide to go to the bathroom, for example. <laughs> God is not deciding that like we are puppets. Okay, now you're going to go to bath. bathroom. No, you decide. <laughs> and the reality takes shape as you choose to decide the earth produces. Before this invitation from God, there was no possibility of fruit. It was only void, darkness, no possibility of anything happening. But once God speaks, fruit or creation becomes possible. But there are many, many different possibilities, iterations of how, when, and exactly how that fruit can take shape. It's up to earth to decide how that fruit comes. It's let the earth produce fruit, isn't it? God doesn't produce fruit directly. God invites the earth to produce fruit and makes possibilities open up for it. Right? Remarkable things can become reality in this partnership many scholars think the greatest tool that human beings have is this ability to envision a better future heretofore, unimagined, never before seen. And that vision then allows us to work towards it together oftentimes. And that is how civilization advanced, right? From tribalism to modern statehood, from stone tools to airplane, it's this ability to envision something that's never been seen before and striving towards it. This is a creative process. And prayer can help cultivate this tool of envisioning positive future. And that's a very powerful thing. See, there's a range of possibilities in any and every life, like a bell curve, you know? I think we have a slide for that, right? And so in any life, any, there are all kinds of possibilities that can happen. You could get hit by a bus as you get out. Sorry, very unlikely. It's at the tail end. You could win mega jackpot lottery, On the other side, if you kind of think of that side, as a better... Most likely, things are going to happen in the middle, right? The fat part of the curve. That's our, you know, bell curve of possibilities. Now, think of God as alluding us and inviting us and trying to help us get to the better part of that bell curve. Or maybe even change the bell curve itself to different types of possibilities. See, prayer can make more possibilities happen, better possibilities happen, or even change the bell curve itself. Now that's a pretty powerful motivation, I believe. This is so, something like this is what I experienced uh, this is a story I often tell the church, so many of you have heard it. But many of you haven't, because many of you have been coming to the church recently. And this story really like illustrates what I'm trying to say, so if you heard it before, please bear with me. It's one of the, one of the uh, most important experiences of my life. About 25 years ago, I was studying at MIT, of all places, uh, trying to get a PhD there. And then I went to visit a friend of mine in Colorado, and we went skiing, and I had a horrific accident, busted up some disc in my back, and ever since, I've had this back trouble that has defined that bell curve (laughs) in my life. Uh, At first, I thought, eh, it's okay. I will get over it. But it didn't get better. It was very depressing. The doctors at MIT said um, surgery is not recommended. It's 50-50 whether you get better or even worse. And they recommended to get away from MIT, actually. They said, it's not good for your back. It's a stressful place. So they jokingly said, you might want to consider going to Hawaii, places like that. I actually had a friend in Hawaii who was willing to let me stay with him. So I ended up staying a year in Hawaii. And at first it was great. Hawaii or MIT, right? Hawaii, better. <laughs> but then my pain didn't get better. I couldn't walk, sit, or stand for more than 10 minutes. It was a very difficult period in my life. My bell curve a range of possibilities seem to shrink dramatically. In my early 20s, I thought my future is bright. All kinds of possibilities in front of me, right? And then something happens. And life can do this to you. All of a sudden, I mean, you just life just becomes dark and depressing. Can't even get off the floor. It's like a very narrow range of possibilities, and they all seemed very dark. So I prayed a lot during that time. Didn't have much else to do on the floor. <laughs> and in one of those prayer times, I felt a real interaction with God. I felt like God said, "Charles." What do you most want to do with your life? And that was a very striking question I felt God was saying to me because here I thought, here I was thinking my possibilities are very narrow. And it felt like God was inviting me to take the top off and imagine any type of possibilities, like anything could happen, like all of a sudden very expanded range of possibilities for my life. And so I thought, I better answer carefully, right? It's like the genie with three wishes. You don't want (laughs) to waste it. And I thought, you know, the brightest future I could imagine, the funnest thing I could imagine doing is help be part of something that builds communities of faith, where people of all kinds could come together and connect and get to know each other and grow in connection with God, and change lives for the better. You know, those were the times that I was happiest. And I thought, why not do that? Isn't it fun being here? Right? I like church. It's fun to meet, like, different kinds of people. Many of you I would have never imagined getting to know. It's just so good that church like this just expands the range of kinds of people that you can meet and get to know and expand your soul that way, you know? I love that part about this church, very diverse, like that. And so, at that time, I thought God said, okay, Charles, you do that. And then two things happened as fruit from this prayer session or this God expanding my possibilities. One was... I studied a church in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is where MIT is, with a whole bunch of friends from College Christian Fellowship that I was part of. And that church grew from seven people to, like, over a thousand people in, like, seven years in an area where no church has grown in the last hundred years. It's Cambridge. It's like the birthplace of atheism. (laughs) It doesn't... Faith is not something that happens there, but it grew like crazy. And we ended up buying this Catholic church that takes up like an entire city block. It's called reservoir now. That's what it looks like. Beautiful, yeah? Good fruit from an invalid lying on the floor. Pretty good stuff. And second thing that happened is I made $43 million trading stock from the floor at the time. Um, there was uh, this was a time when like online stock forums were just beginning. How many of you heard of Motley Fool? Motley Fool, right? I was one of the founding people of that thing. Um, even got written up in the uh, Fortune magazine about this phenomenon. Um, that's another life. <laughs> I lost most of that money during the dot-com bust and shifted my career from economics and stocks to pastoral things but hey that's another story if you're curious come to chat with Charles upstairs (laughs) you know you can ask me all kinds of questions there but anyway so hey pretty good fruit when I didn't think I could do any of those things my possibilities expanded and it came from Prayer. So, that's a pretty good motivating reason. Now, at this point in the sermon, it would be quite easy and frankly expected of me to start talking about how you too can experience incredible results (laughs) from before and after. You know, I am the guru. I can guide you to be healthy, wealthy, and happy, right? Because we're just also used to this advertising culture out there, right? Everything is an advertising. Everything is marketing. It's all about how I can now change your life if only you will come to this church and follow me because I'm the guru. Well, as you can suspect, Because of my mocking tone. That's not where we are going here. (laughs) That's not how God works. There is no guru in Christian faith in this way. Like the Bible says, every single Christian is a priest. Has direct connection to God. You don't need intermediary anymore. I assure you, God wants to bless every single One of you, no matter what, unconditionally, freely. You don't have to do it right or hard enough. This is not how God works. God is the vine. And you are the branches. And the vine doesn't stop pushing up the nutrients to the branch. The vine is constantly trying to bless you towards good things in your life no matter what. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whether you're in this church or out there in your life, every moment of your life, God is there like a root of your existence trying to help. Amen? That's what Christian faith tells us. Bible says, God who did not withhold God's own son How would would such a God not freely give us all things? That's in the Bible, right? That's exactly what I'm talking about, right? God is freely, no conditions attached, graciously, just based on grace, constantly trying to bless you. Now, this verse is hard to understand when you conceive of God or prayer as God is up there controlling everything. And we're down here. Because if God were freely giving you all things you need, then why haven't you gotten everything you ever desired ever? <laughs> right? It makes no sense whatsoever under that concept- conception. But if you use God is divine in the branches image, then this verse makes sense. God is freely giving everything that the vine can give to the branches. But it is constrained by the branches too, right? It is a partnership. It, it's not God isn't just controlling everything. God is inviting you into everything, but you, you have to step up and respond, and that is constrained by us, right? It's up to branches too. So in this conception, it's a much more integrated, active conception of prayer prayer is not just passively pleading with God as if we can't do anything. It is rather listening for God's invitations and responding positively and in partnership creating better fruit. Doesn't that sound more uh, in in conformance with our experience and reality? Right? And also with the Bible. Think back to my experience. What God was doing was inviting me to better possibilities, to envision uh, better futures that I was not even thinking about because I was in such a dark place. But I had to go and turn that into reality, right? I had to stir and agitate and get together with my friends and say, let's do something. And I had to go trade, and, right? It's partnership, There are four points I want to highlight from my experience about this partnership and God's invitation. God's invitation fits with who you are and your gifts. It leads you towards hope and vision from despair. So anything that leads you to despair, that's not from God. God expands your possibilities, not shrink it. It blesses others and myself towards good fruit and it affirms and encourages us when we are down. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, who wouldn't want that? These are good things. And these are telltale signs that God is interacting you know, with you. So when that happens, you know, latch on to that. Try to follow that vein and see what comes up from that. And that can happen whether you consider yourself Christian or not. The vine does not discriminate about what the branches are like. The vine is blessing and pushing up every branch. And it's just whether the branch is really soaking up the nutrients and doing whatever it's doing with it, right? It's an exciting vision of prayer, I think. It changes why you pray, how it works, and what becomes possible out of it. So if you're interested in this type of prayer and growing in it, here are some suggestions to better participate in this ongoing act of creation. One, don't give up on prayer just because of disappointments. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it has results, sometimes it's not. But in this conception of vine and the branches, prayer is expanding your ability to see and envision better futures. So it's worth doing, don't you think? So keep at it. It's good to get better at hearing God's invitations. Let me suggest a few things to get better at it. First, journaling. This is just writing down your thoughts in a journal your thoughts and prayers, and trying to converse with God, trying to envision, imagine what God is saying to you. Now, the question that comes up in this kind of prayer is, how do you know it's God speaking to you? It sounds like I'm just talking to myself, right? Well, I'm going to say, well, there are some tips we can give you if you come to a training session on this. But in the end, it doesn't really matter that much. When you look at vine and the branches, can we have that image again? It's hard to tell sometimes, oftentimes, where does the vine end and where does the branch begin, don't you think? So where does God begin and end and where, you know, what God is saying, what God is doing and your own thoughts? It's not that important, (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? As long as it's moving you towards agape, it's moving you towards God. So you can kind of suspend all that angst and anxiety and just see what happens. As long as it's moving you towards love and kindness and good things, um, you judge by agape whether it's a good thing or not. All your words and actions and everything you do anyway, even your prayer, you judge by agape. And as long as you're doing that, just keep at it and see what happens. Again, we will offer training sessions on how to do this better and better, especially if there is demand. So you can use your connection card and write which one you are interested in, drop it off, or email us, and we will offer training sessions second, Lectio Divina it's a time-honored spiritual practice of using a Bible passage to better hear God's voice not to just read Bible passages in an analytical manner just trying to see what the meaning of it is it's opening up our soul to let the passage speak to you personally like you're placing yourself in the passage using your imagination and trying to imagine what God is saying to you through the Bible And that's a good one. And in fact, that was the subject of spiritual workshop this last Sunday. Third, Emmanuel prayer. This is a spiritual exercise of trying to imagine Jesus in your past memories. And many, many people have benefited from this exercise of trying to discern God's hand. And that was in your past, so that it can give you comfort and insight in your present and the future. Another thing is prayer team. We made that announcement, Nancy made that announcement last Sunday, that we are restarting the prayer team. Uh, Prayer team in this church is exercised as um, trying to hear those God's invitations for another person. And so if you join the prayer team, there's going to be training on how to hear God's voice. And God's invitations when people come to get prayer. And that has resulted in some very good fruit in this church. How many of you liked prayer team here and received some powerful results, right? A lot of people. Even though we haven't done it in two and a half years, people still remember. So that's starting up. And so if you want to get better at this, you might want to join the training session that's on November 6th. Um, and you can also get prayer, too, and that will also help you uh, when it starts back up. Incidentally, November 6th is when the membership class starts, and I want to encourage you, if you are conflicted, to join the membership class. <laughs> because prayer team training will come around regularly. In fact, even one-on-one can happen if, you, if there is demand. Our executive pastor, Allison, who was ordained today, she is offering to train on once a month, there's going to be a rotating topic on these sorts of things because she is very experienced at all these things I mentioned. So, you know, use your connection card, write down what you want, and we will offer these things for you so that you can grow in it. Doesn't that sound good? It's all free. (laughs) Freely, graciously, God gives. And so we're just trying to help everyone uh, benefit from what God is doing as divine. Let's get better at prayer. As listening to God, opening up possibilities, invitations from God, let the earth produce fruit. Let you produce good fruit. It's what God is speaking over all of us. And let's do that. That's exciting. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that you are the vine and we are the branches. That you are not up there just watching and removed and judging but you are all around us. We have our being in you. You are the roots enabling all possibilities in our lives. So I pray now, a prayer blessing over all of us in this room, that you would open up better and better and better possibilities over our lives. In Jesus' name. That possibilities that we never imagined before, possibilities that we could never imagine would start to open up, oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.